560-KXNO. Ken Miller, Trent Condon. They are Miller and Condon on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460-KXNO. All right, good morning, everybody, and welcome to a Friday. It's Miller and Condon on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. As we talk sports with you, I was going to say football, but probably got to sprinkle some baseball in trend. Do we? Yes, it's Game 3 of the World Series, so a little bit. Uh, but we're going to talk an awful lot of football coming up on the program today. BMW of Des Moines guest list. It's packed. Dylan Montz in about 25 minutes or thereabouts. One final look at Oklahoma State, who's lost their last couple of games. They're on a two-game losing streak. Texas Tech and Baylor uh, picked them off in their last two. Oklahoma State, Iowa State, it's homecoming. Dylan will join us uh, at about 10.25. Tom Cakert will follow him in. Boy, Northwestern, you know, and we knew that this was the case, but I just reminded... I guess while I was looking, doing a little Northwestern homework, it just dawned on me how daunting that schedule was for them, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, you look at their record. They're, they're what? They're one in five. They're one lone win against UNLV. They began the season against... Now, they haven't proven to be a top 25 team in Stanford, but they were at the time, and they go to Stanford, they get beat. Then Michigan State, Wisconsin, Nebraska, Ohio State, four teams, well, three, Nebraska doesn't belong in the top (laughs) of the Big Ten, but you get my point. Pretty daunting uh, what they've played, and they've got another tough one coming up here, 11 o'clock tomorrow morning, ESPN2. I saw a tweet don't know which one of the, or can't recall which one of the Iowa, might have been Leistico. Uh I think it was actually. Apparently rain in the Chicagoland area tomorrow mm. at some point during the football game. So uh, maybe some inclement weather uh, for Iowa Northwestern. Uh, so we'll talk to, we'll move the, we'll play the hits with the Iowa State and Iowa, Dylan Motts and Tom Cakert in the 11 o'clock hour. We'll do our NFL segment. We're going to focus on the same game, but from two different perspectives. Nick Athen on the Chiefs, who, oh, by the way, is coming off his, and I think he's probably, I don't think he's alone. A lot of Pat Mahomes probably not going to play. Uh, conversation now that it was kind of a smoke screen. Okay. That yes, you did see some video of him uh, practicing, but he was, it wasn't like he was running around or anything. Mm-hmm. So, so we'll see. I don't know if this was Andy Reid gamesmanship trying to uh, at least put that in the back of the minds of the Packers that, hey, our guy's going to play. It's not just going to be Matt Moore. You've got to prepare for two quarterbacks. So we'll see. So we'll get the Chiefs perspective from Nick and then Dave Sinekin, theheadcheese.com, part of the iHeart family. He's on the radio Every Sunday morning, well, we've got a, a couple of weekend shows, but Sunday morning is Packer Preview, airs at 7 a.m. We'll get the Packers perspective. Bama Trent and I go around college football. We've got Claxons. We've got a new segment coming up prior to our picks. Charter Real Estate sponsors. He's Iowa Real Estate on Twitter. Mm-hmm. So what's going to go on? Is Mark going to share some of his wisdom with us? Yeah, Mark's going to uh, throw two, three picks at us every week that he likes, kind of his favorite bets, his best bets, and a big thank you to... And he fires pretty good. He does. (laughs) He, he, uh, you know, we joke about 
the amount that I wager. He does yeah. things a little bit different. He's heavy. He's two fisted. Yeah, out there's there. a couple of zeros on the end yeah, of right, uh, right. of your place. Yes, yeah. It's it's not You're five dollars. Five bets. bucks a game. He's yeah. He's up a little higher. He's got a little bit more there, but he knows it. I've been doing a podcast with him here throughout the football season. You can find that uh, through his link, and it, it's a lot of fun just talking gambling with somebody that gambles but looks at things a little bit differently. So he's going to find his best bets every week, and then uh, present our picks right afterwards as Good. we do each and every week. Ken and I will stay the same. We'll pick our two college, two pro, and our best bet. And uh, Mark will have right before that his two or three favorite bets of the weekend, all presented by Charter House Real Estate. Well, I'm a thoroughly dangerous man this week when it comes to picks. For the Ooh. first time in maybe a month, they jumped off the page. You Every single Friday, yeah, for a month, you have, oh boy. Struggled. I can't find five. My problem is I have Too 25 many. right every weekend, and then paring it down to the five that we have to go through. Not this week, though. They're jumping at you. I think that for the first time in a long time, I think that uh, the arrow's pointing upwards. Uh, it certainly is for Kurt Cousins. Um, you know, he, he was almost perfect last night, Trent. He, mm-hmm. he, uh, let me get his stat. His, his stat was, I want to say it was 23 for 25. 23 for 26. One was a drop, two were throwaways. Take that. Take that, right? Um, now, he didn't throw a touchdown pass, but that doesn't matter. Uh, look, the the Vikings didn't cover that big number. It was a short week. Mm-hmm. Uh, Case Keenum's coming back. Adrian Peterson is coming back. You know, you, they did what they had to do, right? They put one in the win column. Not the prettiest of wins, but give Washington credit. I thought it was the game was unfolding. Now, they came to play, Trent. This, yeah. this was a team that, you know, Bill Callahan's got their attention a little bit, particularly on the de- defensive side of the ball. I thought that uh, that defensive uh, line in particular, I mean, Jonathan Allen was a beast last mm-hmm. night. Absolute beast. Uh, he played very well. Ionitis, I believe is how you yeah. pronounce his name. He Bostic was, was all over the field. Bostic played well. Yes, he did. I think he had a bunch of tackles mm-hmm. last night. Did he have a sack? I think he did. I think yeah, he did yeah, have a sack yeah. in the football game. Um, but the Vikings held serve, and you know, don't look now. They've got uh, you know two losses, and the Packers have one, and we'll see what happens at Arrowhead uh, coming up on Sunday night. I'm not wishing my weekend away, but... You know, when it inevitably does get to the end of the weekend, mm-hmm. that's a pretty good way to bid it adieu. Be better with Patrick Mahomes. It would be, for sure, for sure. But I got a little intrigue with Matt Moore. Do you? Yeah, why not? Oof, boy, he didn't play football at all last year. Yeah, that's all right. You remember him as a Dolphin, right? Yeah. So you're saying that you kind of like this Chiefs play? I, I've liked the Chiefs all week long. I think this is a complete, complete really? overreaction. overreaction. Huh. I like it a lot. Well, then back it up and put it in your picks because oh, I, I need to catch you. <laughs> oh, you are you are a little bit behind. Yes, here. no, I've had a bad month. I've had a bad month. Well, I got to work on that during a commercial break here. Paring my list down because my list is immense. Got to get down to five. That's part of my NFL though, and uh, very well could be coming up here your way about eleven fifty this after or this morning. Uh, this this Vikings team, Trent. Where did they, in your opinion, before we get into the weekend, uh-huh. before we see the the Bears go out and take the field and the Lions take the field? I wanted to take the Lions this week against the Giants, but I can't trust the Lions. Mm-hmm. Um, and of course, Green Bay on Sunday night. Where are the Vikings pecking order wise in the North in your mind? You picked them to win the division. I, I still feel very confident about that, mm-hmm. and maybe it's hope as a Bears fan that the Packers are going to come back to the pack a little bit. Remember, though, the Packers, don't they have a stretch where they play four They're out four of five? Four out of their next yeah, five, yes. Are on the road. Uh-huh. That- Chargers next week, their home game is against the Panthers. Um, you know what? I want to get in front of me. Give me a second, because I want to I be accurate here. 
Panthers, yep, bye week, and then back-to-back roadies at San Francisco at the Giants. Well, one out of two is going to be difficult, at least you would think. Uh, but look, at strange things happen. The Jets beat the Cowboys for crying out loud. <laughs> yes, yes. I have it's no idea NFL. how that happened. Any given Sunday. So this is going to be a hell of a race. Drop yourself in if you're a fan of one of these one of these three teams. I think the Vikings uh, the certainly can win it. Yeah, Still win too. this division. I do too. Are we? You know who's kind of letting that defense down? And this is a guy that's you know paid a lot of money. Xavier Rhodes. Yeah. He's. I don't know if he's, he's not the same guy he was two not, years ago. Is he? No. No. He's. Serviceable? Yes, absolutely is. But he's not a star. No, like and, he and he he was trending star yes. in this league. And they were paying him star money mm-hmm. uh to fill that role. Um Zimmer he'll he'll just go out and draft another cornerback next year early. Zimmer and him get into it pretty good. If yeah. you've watched the Vikings over the last so the last couple of years, um he lets Rhodes know that he's not happy with his play. And is not shy to let doesn't care if the cameras are catching him or not. He's tearing into his cornerback. So you mentioned Cousins. This four game stretch now. It's the best of his career. But there's still a but, isn't there? Well, if Dalvin Cook gets hurt, there's a big but. Because they're running the football, and if you can run the football, uh, I think it just opens things up for Kirk Cousins. Look, they've still got, I think, a weak link on that offensive run, offensive line. Pat Elfline. Oh, boy. He just got charged into a couple of times. Jonathan Allen. He couldn't hold up physically. Couldn't. He pushed him back, Trent. I mean, embarrassingly bad. This is the four teams, though, they beat. The Giants, who are awful. Yep. The Eagles, who are having a bad year. Are rough. And banged up, yes. Detroit, who is one of the bat- worst pass defenses in football, and Slay was hurt mm-hmm. on top of it. And then they just uh, traded Diggs out of the blue, which was crazy. Did and you then see that? Washington last night. So It's not murderers, right? They That's haven't beat point. the who's who of football. And what's the knock is against... Is there a playoff team in the bunch there? I don't think so. No. I don't think so. The knock against Cousins isn't these games. These are not the games that you worry about, Kirk Cousins. Yeah. It's prime time. Plus 500. When the lights are the brightest, when you're an underdog, when you have to go in, and it's a must-win situation, that's when bad Kirk starts mm-hmm. to show up. So because of that, I still think they're the most talented team in the division. But slow down a little bit. But I'm not going over top with Kirk Cousins. He's figured it all out. Uh-huh. I'm not there yet. Okay. I, that, that's not uh, that's not crazy. I think that's absolutely fair. The Giants aren't going to the playoffs. The Eagles aren't going to the playoffs. The Lions aren't going to the playoffs. And the Redskins are going to draft in the top five. So, point well taken. Now, next week they go to Kansas City. Mm-hmm. And the speculation is, is you know, if Mahomes was close this week, you have to think that for sure he's going to play next week. That's a noon kick next uh, next Sunday. Boy, that's going to be massive. Then they go to Dallas. So back-to-back, really difficult And a primetime matchup. In a primetimer against the Cowboys. Great point. NBC. They've got to go to Seattle in a couple of weeks. Denver comes in between there. So... We will, okay, you, you were really good in October as mm-hmm. they played their final football in October. I think that's, I don't think it's unfair to say, show me what you can do in November and then maybe, maybe everybody will be on board. Because if he does, I would have to think even the most, you know, vocal detractors of Kirk Cousins out there would have to, you know, come around and, and maybe a little mea culpa. So last night in uh, gambling terms, I told you I didn't, didn't have a feel in that 16 and a half number. Felt like too much. Yep. Didn't play it. But I played a couple of props. Went over on Kirk Cousin passing yards, hit that. The other one that I did, Dalvin Cook rushing yards. I had the under. Oh, and what was that? Well, he had ninety-eight yards. Right. What was the What was the total? Ninety-seven. Ninety-seven and a half. Are you kidding me? Ninety-seven and a half. 
<laughs> I, are you? That's crazy. <laughs> I'll show it to you during the break. Ninety-seven and a half. You took the under, and he ran for ninety-eight yards. And they're running the football oh. late, and Madison came in, and he's yes. running the football. And then they bring Cook back I in, and I yell, that. I'm yelling at Zimmer and yeah. yelling at the TV. What the hell are you doing here? Right. You don't, you don't want to get him hurt. Fourth down play. Was that what it was that he, that he went over the top? Seven That's not... and a half yards rushing. Well, you know what we. Um, <sighs> On our, Gambling's on our, fun, isn't it? It, it is. Uh, it is. On our Mediacom show, Inside the Numbers, one of our segments is Bad Beat. I might make you, because yeah, I, yeah. I, I write the show, I might make you the, <laughs> the focus one. of this week's Bad And especially, because I think he was in the final play of the game. Remember when, instead of kicking the field goal, they're mm-hmm. up 19-9, they were, they were inside the 10-yard line, and they, they handed the ball. I think it was Cook. Yeah. Have to look at the drive chart now. I think he was the final. I think he got the final carry. And if that's where you got beat, oh baby, that's a blow. That's a blow. Uh, you, well, you do that. Let's let's segue to baseball because it is game three tonight, and Washington has set the rotation. No, it was Madison. It was Madison. Yep. Okay, so we got to find another bad beat. Still a bad beat, but not not worthy. Not TV worthy. Um, the Nationals have set their set their lineup. Davey Martinez, who played here, by the way, one of our uh, one of our regular listeners, point played here, meaning in Iowa. Yeah, at the, for the Iowa Cubs, right? right? And I, I wasn't aware of that. He was he played here in the mid eighties, eighty six, I think. So I, I didn't know that. But uh, thank you for pointing that out. And uh, it's going to be Sanchez tonight, and Corbin goes in Game Four. Yes, Corbin that- in Game Four. So then they go back to Scherzer in five. Strasburg and six, if necessary. All hands on deck of Thursday. Sure's a right back, I would think, right? Mm-hmm. Sure's a because he will pitch Sunday, and then game seven would be Wednesday. It's the last game of the year. Mm-hmm. It's everybody. Be, absolutely. It's going to be everybody. So, look, they're fortunate, not fortunate. They're in a good spot to be up 2 nothing. that you can do this. Conversely, Hintz doesn't have this luxury. No. He's got to, I mean,. He's got to go with his guys. It's going to be Granky tonight, and Granky has not been good in this postseason. Uh, they still have it. Hitch hasn't announced who's going to be the Game 4 starter. Is that all dependent on what happens tonight? If they win tonight, then you, you push the guys go, back? I don't think you do. No? The next three are in Washington. You, you don't make Game 4 a bullpen game? Uh, you got a decent bullpen they guys. Do. I don't know, Trent. I might have to go back to Garrett Cole. Goal pitch Tuesday. He would then come back on Saturday, which is normal rest. Yeah, right. That's normal rest. Mm-hmm. That's five days. I think it's got to be cold. Yeah. Got to be cold. I think so, too. Yeah. And if you get late there and you get to a game seven and Cole can only give you 60 pitches, so be it. Mm-hmm. But go down with you. You got to get back in the series, right? Right. Absolutely. You don't have the luxury that Washington has. Right. First World Series game in D.C. since 1936. 30-something, I yeah. saw. 30-something. Yeah, look, it's uh, good for that fan base. Um, you know, they're the former Expos. I've always, I'll always have a soft spot for them. It was the first ball game I ever saw live, 1981. Saw Atlanta and Montreal in Olympic Stadium. Oh, really? Yeah, it was unbelievable. Great experience. Had a ball. The uh, bilingual... Um, uh, what do they call them? The guys walking up as... Uh, vendors? Yeah, yeah. Uh, cold beer, beer foie. <laughs> Honestly, beer foie, cold beer. That's great. That's how it's the way it is there. It's the way it is in Quebec, both languages. Uh, but yeah, so I mean, look at um, they couldn't support the team. They went to Washington, and uh, they're finally getting an opportunity to host a World Series. 
I hope it's. I hope it goes the Astros' way tonight. I do. Yeah, I, I really do. I want this series to continue. Get us to next Tuesday. Get I don't want it to. Tuesday I don't minimum. want it to be over this weekend because it's the as we talked yesterday. Packers and Chiefs are going to be hard to turn the dial. It's going to be Maybe. hard. Maybe. Oh, it will be for me. I can't wait for that matchup. It's one of those ones when it came out that was, uh, and especially the way that the two teams have gotten to this point of the of the season, right? I mean, look, all four of our local teams mm-hmm. are in the hunt. They're compelling. They're compelling. Now, I think the Bears are, you know, sadly for you, going to fall out of it. They're teetering. It certainly seems like that trend. They have to beat the Chargers yes, this week. There's no doubt. Have to. Do you think they will? Yes. And what kind of game does Trubisky have? Bad. Bad. Well, part of our Claxons contest, we didn't use that game, but we used David Montgomery total yard total rushing yards. Not yards from scrimmage, mm-hmm. but total rushing. They have to run the ball this week, Absolutely. don't they? You can't run the football seven times. Right. And what did they do in week one? Was it twelve it was, or something yeah, it was like something that? Something idiotic like that. It was the same thing. I came in here that Friday. They I was all upset. Off. Yes. Right. Because it was a terrible game plan. I don't get it. I, I know I know football is a lot more difficult than we make it out to be at times. There's a lot more into it, a whole lot more wrinkles that you have to know. But I mean, these are just some of the simplest things that drive you up the wall. Run the football. Mm-hmm. Run the football. Right. Oh, we're, we're struggling to run the football. You think you're going to beat teams with Mitchell Trubisky <laughs> throwing it 50 times? Trent. As the Packers said, going back to week one, one of their corners, and I can't remember which one it was, the game plan going into uh, cutting the ribbon on the 2019 season at Soldier Field was make Mitchell Trubisky throw the football. Mm-hmm. The, the Packers didn't think that they that Trubisky could beat them. And they, and they right. played right into their hand. <laughs> yes. We'll see. We'll see. This Chargers team, this is a team that's having a season from oh, now. Awful. From Melvin Gordon's mm-hmm. holdout to the that injuries well. that they've had. On and on and on. That offensive line has been terrible. This has been this is a team that last year was right there with the Chiefs. Yes. A what a playoff game, Trent. Thought they could be a Super Bowl team. Who? What, how many people were picking the Chargers after they knocked off the Ravens to go into Foxborough mm-hmm. and give the Patriots all they want? They got crushed. Crushed. And haven't been the same since. Look, Phillip Rivers' window is closing quickly. Yes. Closing quickly. They've had a ton of injuries. Um... James, their gifted safety, who they stole in the first round at pick fifteen. Yeah. He's I th- well, I mean, he's on that long term uh, IR. I don't. I think he's got to be getting close to be a decision. But he's a difference maker um, in the back end of that defense, and he hasn't been there all game. This is a this is an underachieving team. This is one of those teams that when the season started, you thought were clearly a playoff contender. And man, oh man, they're. They're not even going to finish second in the AFC West, as bad as it is from two, three, and four. There's the Raiders. There's the Raiders, right? You're going to fight with the Broncos for last place in that division. All right, busy hour coming up here. We're going to uh, hear from Dylan Montz, Ames Tribune. By the way, uh, Xavier Foster down to two teams, narrowed it to mm-hmm. two. I'm anxious to this. That's going to be question number one for me for for Tom Kakert, uh, who follows recruiting. Um, you know, part of the Rivals Network at HawkeyeReport.com. I don't follow recruiting. I go based on what you're telling me, sure. what I'm seeing on Twitter. Um, I thought, maybe wrongly, maybe maybe proven correct, that Foster was a Hawkeye lean. Mm-hmm. Do you think where are you, is it fifty fifty legitimately? I, from every, it, it's funny. And this is a national recruit. 
on the local level, I think most people locally that follow recruiting think that he's going to end up at Iowa State. I get the same field trip. But on the national level, mm-hmm. they think he's going to end up at Iowa. Now, you would think the local people would have a better read I of would. it. So maybe do we go 55-45 Iowa State? I think this is still close. I don't think Xavier Foster has... He has not made his decision yet. He's waiting. I don't believe he's made his decision yet. Mm-hmm. This is going to come down to the final hour and, and make the choice of where he's going to go. We haven't had an in-state recruiting battle for a basketball player like this in a long time, have we? No, I, I mean, certainly, again, I don't follow it closely. Um, but, yeah, I'm, I'm going to defer to you on that I can't one. think of anything that has been certainly a top 50 national player either. Uh-huh. There's been guys that they both wanted. Right. Usually they leave the stage. Well, yeah. Sadly. And, and when you get into the bigger level, yeah, you got that. But even where it comes down to one of the two in-state schools, I can't remember anything. A kid this good, this talented, mm-hmm. that has come down to this. going to be intriguing. Boy, I'd love to be a fly on the wall in each of those recruiting pitches, the final one. Hear what Prom has to Boy, say. Hear how, what Fran has to say. I mean, Fran, Franny Max almost got to get down on his knees. He needs this in a <laughs> big, big way, right? Yeah. I yeah. mean, the Murray Twins, they, they really didn't move the needle. No, no, uh, not at all. Maybe, you know what? Maybe they're late developers. That That is what people say. They Well, they've grown three inches since high school well, already. There you go. That's possible. They're not 6'5 anymore, and right. at 6'5, it's like, eh, at 6'8, uh-huh. eh, maybe you do have something. There are positives you can take away. It's Kenny Murray's kids. Right. Bloodline's got to work. You would think. Uh, we will take a time up. Before we do that, though, Trent... It's time to put another $1,000 in somebody's bank account, your bull bankroll, your sports betting account, wherever you can use that grand. We're going to try and help you along that way. Text the keyword SUPER to 200-200 right now. That's SUPER to 200-200. You'll get a confirmation text and info. Standard data and message rates apply in this nationwide contest. Dylan Montz on Iowa State. Tom Cakert on Iowa before we finish up the uh, 10 o'clock hour. It's Miller and Condon, 1022 on Des Moines Sports Station. 14 cents. Delivery fee supply. The one. Sports Radio in Iowa starts and ends right here. This is Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. Hi, welcome back. Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. By the way, a friend of ours, uh, Glenn from Guttenberg, yeah. uh, said he drove by the Field of Dreams site mm. yesterday and said the work is uh, progressing very nicely from oh, the last very time cool. that he was there. I think Birchie had a piece... At least it was online regarding how, again, how difficult it is going to be to uh, grab these ducats. But uh, they continue to work, and we're as rec- that was as recently as Wednesday. Let's get Dylan Monson here, Ames Tribune. He joins the program. Dylan Trenton, Ken, thank you for coming on. How are you? Doing well, guys. How about you? Doing well. I, I thought you asked Haycock a really good question on uh, Wednesday when you asked him about the the difference that you've seen Oklahoma State this past week to Baylor to what they've seen, you know, going back to the beginning of the season with a new quarterback, etc. Just uh, that was the Oregon State game, I believe, is where they started their season. Um, I thought that was a good question, and you know, Haycock's response was, "We we look at everything, but um, this they had to have changed." Dylan, I thought you were spot on with that question. Yeah, it was just kind of interesting because even thinking back to Iowa State last year, playing a freshman quarterback, how much not only that that player can evolve over the the weeks 
that he plays, but how much the offense can change too. So I wanted to kind of maybe see what uh, they had seen from Oklahoma State. And I, I think naturally you can't change probably everything or, or too much with an offense. I think you still got to do what you do a little bit. But I think as the quarterback gets uh, a little bit more ingrained into the system as he gets more familiar, um, then you can maybe um, do some things possibly or, or you're just refined and maybe a little bit more sharp than you were in the beginning of the year. But Haycock actually said he thinks um, Oklahoma State maybe has pared down their playbook a little bit and they're, mm-hmm. they're running some more base stuff, which makes sense too because, um, you know, they're, the, the quarterback is trying to play catch up and things like that. And I think, um, you know, even though he had some mistakes against Baylor, I think he's uh, the talent there is evident. Uh, I think he, he was obviously the, the right choice to come in and, and play for them. But, um, yeah, it's going to be a challenge just because of how high-powered high they are. But, um, you know, that's that's kind of been Iowa State's defensive specialty is, is making quarterbacks uncomfortable. So it'll be an interesting matchup for sure. Going to throw a lot of different looks at Spencer Sanders. Going to be a good one there. You look at this uh, series here, as of late, it's been all about points. 48-42 last year, 49-42 before that. The last four games have all gone over do you anticipate a shootout? Or are you expecting something more low scoring, even for Big Twelve standards? Yeah, that, that's going to be the interesting thing. Oklahoma State is maybe the one team in the Big Twelve, and this includes Oklahoma, that's kind of um, maybe figured out the the defense a little bit and has been able to really rack up points. So um, I don't know if it's going to be quite as high as it was the last couple of years. I think um, you know, given Oklahoma State's uh, you know struggles with turnovers, I think Iowa State is probably due to get a you know, one or two there uh, potentially, but um, I, I think they'll still find ways to move the ball. Uh, you know, Chuba Hubbard is a guy that we've talked a lot about this week. He's mm-hmm. ultra talented. Um, you know, one of the best runners in college football, not just the Big Twelve. So stopping him, or, or I don't even know if he can stop him, but slowing him down a little bit is going to be paramount. Tyler Wallace on the outside, a uh, really good receiver, and then Sanders, I, I think, is, is capable as well. So, um, yeah, I, it'll probably be, um, you know, upper 20s, lower 30s. I, I don't know if it'll climb quite into the 40s, but, um, you know, given Oklahoma State's past, you, you never know. They can kind of uh, pop off at any time. Yeah, and I expect that to be the case. I do. I think it's going to be a lot of points scored in this football game. Uh, Greg Eisworth, he played last week. He certainly hasn't didn't play as much last week as he's played in most of the games when he was healthy, but uh, the good news is, is he's back on the field and he was taking steps. Do we anticipate more snaps for him defensively this year? Will he, or this week rather, will he play more, do you think, Dylan? I, that would be the hope, certainly. Um, you know, it's, it's, I think, uh, the amount that he played last week was kind of his first foray back into, uh, the rotation a little bit. I think, um, they'll probably still be a little bit cautious with him because they feel good about what Braxton Lewis gives them. But, um, you know, the, the Oklahoma State offense, like we've been saying, is a little bit of a different animal. So they might end up, um, having to you know, play him a little bit more because, like we've said, with the shoulder injury, um, you, you can take time off and you can, do rehab and all those sorts of things, but it's not probably going to get fully better until he can take significant time off, and um, and that won't be until after the season. So um, I, I think it's something he'll have to play through a little bit, um, you know. And, and this is a game, perhaps more than any other um, in the conference schedule, that they'll need him in. So I think you'll probably see him a little bit more than you did against Texas Tech, but I think um, you'll still see pr- uh, plenty of Braxton Lewis as well. You know, this offensive line has come together in a big way. They're running the football with Brees Hall incredibly effectively. Was it just the injury and the insertion of getting Downing in there? Or is there more to it? What do you read into the big improvement? It's a big improvement we've seen from this O-line. 
Yeah, I think, um, you know, having guys play next to each other for that stretch of time is big. Um, you know, Colin Olson, I think, has come in and done a really good job at center. But I think you really got to point to the tackles and the way they've been able to take steps. And, and that was what, you know, Matt Campbell, Jeff Myers, Tom Manning had all said before the season is you hope that those guys that have played the most football on, on that line um, were playing their best. And, you know, there's been hiccups certainly for Julian Good-Jones this year and Bryce Meeker. You know, he talked this week about the Baylor game maybe being the worst game of his career. But since then, he's he's come in and played really well. And, um, you know, that Texas Tech game, um, you know, when Brees Hall busted loose for the 75-yard score, it was Bryce Meeker on the right side that had blocked. I think it was a linebacker and blocked him right into the defensive end. So he took two guys out and one. And I think that was just a little piece of the evidence maybe of him figuring things out and, and being a little bit more sound. So uh, the, the line as a whole is playing better, and you know we can talk about Josh Kniffel as well, but yeah. um, I think it's really kind of rooted in the, the tackles and, and what they've been able to do to, to kind of help bring the whole line together. Uh, Dylan Moss from the Ames Tribune is our guest, AmesTrib.com. Uh, Dylan, has, has Brock, how many games has he appeared on? I mean, he's got to be closing in on four. I think he only carried the ball in two of them. Has he been on the field I guess perfect world, are they going to get him to four and stop? Where do you think they are on Brock, and how close is he to that, you know, having appeared in four games, therefore burning the red shirt? Do you know? I think he's at four. Is he? Trent might know, too. Uh, he's either at three or four. I can't remember. So I think I think now with the way Brees Hall is, is playing and, and then still having the availability of, you know, Johnny Langer, Kanana Longo, mm-hmm. even Sheldon Crony, if they get into a pinch, I think they'll probably – um, you know, would stop at this point. Um, but, uh, yeah, I think, uh, you know, they wanted to test him out again, like with those other guys and kind of see what sure. they had. But uh, preserving that for him, I, I think, is, is big. So, um, you know, if, if he's at three, they may, would maybe throw him in another one. But um, he, he's, I would doubt he would get both, uh, above the, the four-game threshold. Uh, Orion Vance, uh, seemingly Mike Roast, uh, I don't know if it was a secret, but let the cat out of the bag when you guys had a chance to interview him earlier in the week. Looks as though uh, he's moving back outside to the Sam. Therefore, you know, that means seemingly that Vance is going to be ready to go. Is that how you read it? Yeah, that would be my guess. Um, you know, we still haven't gotten, uh, you know, a straight answer on what uh, Vance's deal had been. I know people thought you know, concussion, head injury, um, we, we still haven't really gotten anything on that. It's been kind of quiet. But I think the, the fact that, um, you know, Mike Rose is talking about moving back outside um, would indicate that he would be coming back. And, um, you know, if nothing else, it's going to give him more depth, too, because now you kind of know what Bobby McMillan can give you if you need to switch things up as well. So um, it's, it's important, you know, obviously to get him back at this time of year because you not only have Oklahoma State who runs high-tempo, high-powered offenses, but then you have Oklahoma, Texas, and the Kansas schools to finish up. So it'll, he'll be important for the stretch run. So it's Oklahoma State this week and then the bye week after that before they get ready for a couple of uh, monster ones in the month of November. Texas coming to town in the road game with Oklahoma. So with uh, that, you know, the bye week in front of them, I haven't seen anybody at all. This is Oklahoma State. This has been a good program for mm-hmm. a decade plus in the Big 12, and nobody is picking the Cowboys. Any concern there at all? You know, it's interesting. Maybe a little bit. If, if one thing is kind of skewed you know, heavy one way, you could kind of get us, get into some superstitions and things like mm-hmm. that. But I think, um, you know, Oklahoma State is, has struggled enough on defense yes. where I think, you know, Iowa State should be able to keep up offensively, you know, more so than even in past years. 
Um, you know, and they've switched up their schemes in the last couple of years with, um, I believe it's Jim Knowles is their defensive coordinator. So they're still trying to figure things out there. Um, you know, the, the biggest thing, like, like we talked about at the top of the show, is being able to stop them. Can you force the young quarterback into mistakes? How much can you turn them over? Um, you know, if they are going to score, can you make them take long drives, uh, which is not something that, um, you know, people typically do to Oklahoma State. So uh, I think that all plays into it. But, um, you know, I, also I think the, the perception of, you know, Iowa State being whatever they are, you might know a 10-point favorite, 10 and a half, ten whatever and a half, it was. Yeah. Yeah, I think that kind of speaks to maybe the the growth that Iowa State has taken as a program and what they've done um, the last few weeks as well. Here's Hubbard's uh, rush totals in the five Power Five, the six Power Five games that the Oklahoma State has played: two twenty one, two fifty six, one twenty one, two ninety six, one fifty six, one seventy one. Yikes, that gets your attention. They're going to score some points, Dylan. Uh, so is Iowa State. I think Iowa State's going to outscore them in this football game. Total 63-64, somewhere around there. Uh, we'll see. I think they're going to blow by it, but anyway. Hey, last thing, uh, Xavier Foster, he's, he's going to be a talker uh, you know, until he makes his decision. I know you were your football focus right now, uh, but what what are you hearing? Does Iowa State feel confident? What are you hearing as you know how they feel uh, about the the uh, about Foster's chances of going to school in Ames? You know, last I'd heard, Iowa State felt confident. Um, I know he can be kind of a, a cornerstone piece to that class they're trying to build. Um, he's obviously been to Ames a ton. He's been to Iowa City a ton. Um, you know, so I think this was probably always the destiny that it was going to be down to these two. And uh, I know both are, are, you know, really excited about the possibilities of, of what he can bring with his size and, um, you know, some versatility there as well. But last, last I heard, Iowa State felt good. But, um, you know, in, in recruiting, things can change with the wind um, pretty quickly. So it, it'll be interesting to see not only his, his timeline for a decision, but ultimately um, which way he leans and, and feels like he can have a better opportunity. Good stuff, Dylan. We'll recap it with you on Monday. Thank you, Dylan Montz. Yeah, appreciate it, guys. Take care. Good to talk to you. Dylan Montz, Ames Tribune, amestrib.com for Dylan. All right, I was going to save this for Bama. I'm going to run, going to run this by you real quick before All right. we get to a break. So there's a lot of people bitching already about next week, college football. What a, it stinks. It's the double buy, right, because yeah. of the way the calendar. Here are the 10, as we sit here today, Ten schools, all ranked in the top 25, that get the weekend off in alphabetical order. Alabama, Arizona State, Iowa, Iowa State, LSU, Minnesota, Ohio State, Oklahoma, Penn State, and Texas are all off next week. It's going to be rough. So you're looking forward to... Well, Florida, Georgia, for sure. What's the night game? I thought there was one night game that was decent. Oregon, USC... There's my there's my love of the Pac-12, Trent. That's probably it. How about Utah-Washington, 3 o'clock in the Not afternoon awful. on Big Fox? Not awful. That might be the game of the weekend. Could be. I, I, it could very Georgia, well be. That Georgia-Florida game, I don't... I, both these teams Florida's are kind of... Florida's got a defense. Sometimes. Sometimes. I think it's going to be good. I'm with you, but the 3 o'clock game probably gets more of my attention. I am with you there. You know where game day might be? Where? Well, there don't we? No, no, that's this week. They're in South Dakota. Where right. are they? Where do you think they'll be? They might go something a little crazy. Minnesota. They're, no, because Minnesota's, Minnesota's off. off. Right. Yeah. Before Penn State. Yeah. They might go to Memphis. SMU will be making their way there. 
Now, I would like to see SMU get that game, obviously, on their campus. Didn't we talk off-air about four weeks ago that that some guy that covers Memphis put that out on mm-hmm. Twitter, that Memphis has been told that they are in consideration? That is still a TBA game. That is, is it? not, ABC has not announced their night game. That Oregon-USC game I mentioned is a Fox night game. Okay. Possibility. Your ABC at the Liberty late Bowl. Late window. Memphis SMU as we throw back the clock to 1984. You know what? Um, Memphis, I mean, that that's for the West, right? That's it is. Gonna, that, yep. The winner yep. of that game, in all likelihood, will, will play in the AAC championship game. Not crazy. Not crazy. They go to the cocktail party every year, seemingly, right? I mm-hmm. uh, will take a quick time out here, get Tom Cakert in here. Question number one, Hawkeye fans, with Tom. Uh, we're going to take uh, pick his brain a little bit on Xavier Foster. How do they feel over in Iowa City about the potential of getting his services? Not Cakerts. They've already got his. Fosters. We'll come back. Uh, Miller and Condon till noon. Des Moines Sports Station. Four- no. Des Moines Sports Station. 1460 KXNO. All right, welcome back, Miller and Condon. Till noon, busy 11 o'clock hour, a lot of NFL. Segment number one, Bama, Trent, and I around college football, Claxon's Barbecue, and our picks before we get out of here at noon. Tom Caker at HawkeyeReport.com. He joins the program, Preview Northwestern hosting the Hawks. But before we do that, Tom, good to speak with you as always here on a Friday. Uh, let's start with Xavier Foster, who's narrowed it down to two. Uh, take the pulse of the, you know, the people uh, in Iowa sitting around there. Do is it fifty-fifty, Tom? Truly fifty-fifty? Do you give one of the schools the edge? Where does it stand right now in your mind? I think it's honestly really a coin flip. I know he hasn't made a decision. He hasn't not leaning one way or the other. Um, just based on what I've been told. So I, I do think it's, you know, he's just, he's not, um, you know, not close to a decision, I don't think, but he's going to have to make one here in the next few weeks. So, um, yeah, I, you know, there's pros and cons to both, both sides for him. And, um, you know, I, I, I'd be guessing if I said he's going to Iowa or Iowa State, so I've had it as a coin flip for about a month. Hmm. How will he make his announcement? Do you know? Will he? Is he going to do the ball cap thing? I mean, I let him do it however he wants it. I'm not certainly uh, criticizing anybody that does it that way. It's their day. Let them have their fun doing it. Do you know if that's how he's going to go? Well, we know in advance of signing day, Tom. I guess is my question. Yeah, he's supposed to do it on the 11th. So okay. um, we'll know. Um, but I, I don't, I, I couldn't tell you what he's going to do. Um, he's kind of a free spirit kid, so I would expect something kind of fun maybe from him, but we'll see. So, uh, you talked last week when we had you on about the Murray twins coming in for their official visit. They get an offer and with it, a commitment comes for both of them. Certainly a lot of angst inside of the Hawkeye fan base though about this couple of kids that didn't have any other offers. So that's where it is. Sell us on it, though. Bring, bring the Hawkeye perspective why this can be a good thing going forward. Well, I, you know, just on the surface, and I understand why people are in this day and age with, um, you know, recruiting offers being out there and you know about kids for a long time. And you know, certainly people in eastern Iowa have known about Chris and Keegan for several years just because they played really well at, at Cedar Rapids Prairie and they were good players. 
the the big thing with them is they've grown a couple inches in the last you know year or so. So they went from kind of six five ish to six eight ish, and I I think that changes them a little bit. They're you know the six eight long wingspan, both six ten wingspans, and they both can shoot it from the outside. So you're intrigued by that at the very least, um, just the way the game of basketball is going with guys with length who can shoot it and score. Um, but I do completely understand why people would be like, Oh, where'd these guys come from? Uh, but uh, I just tend to give Fran a little bit of a benefit of the doubt with, uh, his talent evaluation, because I think that, and I know people would disagree with me, but I think he's done a pretty good job of evaluating players over the years. Now, has he missed on some guys? Sure. Every coach does, but, has he, um, you know, found some guys and developed them? Uh, absolutely. Uh, Tom Caker at HawkeyeReport.com. Tom, let's do here and now. And now is, well, it's 24 hours and 10 minutes from right now. The ball will be in the air, Ryan Field, and uh, on we go with Northwestern, who, um, as everyone knows, has had Iowa's number the last couple of years. But this is a bad, uh, spe- uh, specifically offensively, a bad a team that's really struggled uh, so far this year, Tom, and that's uh, the Wildcats. Uh, their schedule has been it's been unfair <laughs> up until, and, and including this game. I mean, it certainly softens up a little bit after this one, at least you would think. Uh, but this Northwestern team... They're not going to score a lot, Tom. We're hearing a lot of 16-10, 17-7 type of predictions for this game. 11-8. That's Trent, 11-8. Uh, are you, uh, is that where you are, Tom? Or will they surprise us and we're going to see a boatload of points scored tomorrow uh, in Evanston? You know, and I was just looking at the weather forecast, and the second half we're supposed to get some rain up in Evanston. So um, I just kind of think, if you're playing this game, I would be on the under. Uh, that's just my, I think the only way it gets out of hand is if there's, you know, like a scoop and score, mm-hmm. um, you know, special teams, uh, touchdown or a pick six. I think that's the only way that it goes over. Um, otherwise I, I just think this is, you know, Six, how about a 6-4 game again? Yeah. <laughs> See, been there, done that in Happy Valley. Might be trending that direction. Certainly feels that way. Northwestern. I loved that game, by the way. I did, too. It's one of my yep, favorites. My, my one too. of my favorites of the Ferentz era. And Northwestern's struggling offensively. I was having some of their own issues. They break through. They get a couple of touchdowns as opposed to the field goals that have plagued them here the last few weeks. Did you feel like it was a breakthrough against Purdue that that, that offense now Trading wheels coming off. They're figuring out the interior of the offensive line, or is it just going to be back now to to square number one as the injury to Brandon Smith, who was really coming on? Yeah, I, I don't think we know for sure um, what it's going to what it uh, if that was a foretelling of something better for the offense or not. Until we see it, I'm uh, I'm going to remain skeptical on that front. That uh, you know, Makai Sargent running for 35 yards cured the offense. I don't think that's the case, but we've seen strange things happen. I'll, I I I would be concerned about the Brandon Smith thing, though. The last three games, he's had 18 catches for 237 yards, I believe. So mm-hmm. he he's you know he's been the go-to guy for um, uh, for Nate Stanley. So now he's out of the offense. Who's going to step up? I, I would think it's probably Amir Smith Marset, but. Uh, you know, Tracy's had trouble with drops. Mm-hmm. You've had, you're going to have for Ganey. And is this finally time when 
they bring Oliver Martin out of mothballs, and and uh, the fans get their wish. We'll yeah, see. they're certainly they're uh, certainly clamoring for that, Tom. As you well know, I I kind of want to see Lockett at the same time. I'd love to see Martin get his opportunity, but you know, I kind of see want to see Lockett because apparently he can uh, uh, he can really stretch the field. I guess he's I guess he's a real burner. Is that what you hear too, or have seen in practice? Yeah, yeah, he's a fast kid, yeah. uh, long strider. Um, I, you know, I I'm interested to see if he gets out there. Um, I know they really like Desmond Hudson, uh, true freshman. They've played in a couple games, so he's if he wants to still redshirt, uh, he's still got a couple games to play with. Uh, he might be a possibility. Max Cooper, who's now mm-hmm. taking over at uh, punt returner, he's a possibility as well. Uh, Fitzgerald's uh, defense, that, that's the best part of this football team, at least it has been. I guess Whitlock is out apparently, but they, you know, of the, of the, of the other guys that really lead that defense, Patty Fisher was at Media Day. Gaziano's a really nice player to, a guy that can get to the quarterback off that defensive line, uh, and Gallagher. Those are the three, right? Fisher, Gallagher, and Gaziano that you gotta watch for? Oh, absolutely. I think Patty Fisher's one of the best players in the conference. He's just, uh, I love watching that guy play. He's an old school, tough physical linebacker. Gallagher's really good. Gaziano's one of those just kind of tough, rugged and that's just a pain in the butt. I mean, he just, he kind of makes things go. But I I, I did see yesterday, uh, their D tackle, uh, uh, Kent is out. Mm. um, And one of their better uh, rush defensive ends is a reserve. Brown is also going to be out. He's a, it's two and a half sacks this year. So, um, and two of their uh, more highly recruited kids as well. So they're going to be a little bit more thin on their defensive line, but it, that's really a linebacker team. Um, you know, that that's where they get all their, their power from, I think. Good stuff, Tom Kager. We'll talk to you during the bye week. Do you guys know what you get as far as coaches next week yet? Any availability? Uh, I, I, there's supposed to be something, but I'm not sure what that's going to be. I don't know if we'll get coordinators. So uh, I'm kind of still hoping little Brian Ferentz would uh, sparkle up the day, I think. <laughs> yes, indeed. He week. doesn't have to yell at you about Oliver Martin again. <laughs> not if he plays. <laughs> uh, but Tom, we'll talk yeah. to you next week. Thank you, Tom Kager. Appreciate it. Okay, thanks, guys. Good to talk to you. Tom Kakert, HawkeyeReport.com. All right, we're going to go to break a little bit early because we've got a very busy final hour of the week. We're going to start it with a little NFL conversation. We're going to preview the Sunday Nighter from both teams' perspective. Nick Athen on the Chiefs, Dave Sinekin on the Packers, Bama Trent and I will go around college football. Going to give away some Claxons barbecue. Our pick still to come, presented by... I, Iowa Real Estate on Twitter, that is our friend Mark Charter. That's coming.